Welcome back to the Lynx Golf Podcast. This is Al Lunsford, the digital editor at Lynx, going into season five here of our podcast and, and another episode for you guys today. I'm I'm happy to be joined by a first-time guest on the podcast, but not a first-time contributor to Lynx. Uh, he is David DeSmith. And David, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Al. Thank you. Sure. I wanted to start and and since you're it's your first time on our podcast give the listeners an idea of your background and i guess your time at links and what else where else you contribute and and do things in your professional life sure well it's great to be with you and um you know i've been playing golf since i was 11 or 12 years old and um you know played on a, a, a not very good college golf team uh golf's always been a big part of my life and uh, I worked in the advertising business for for a bunch of years, and when my when my youngest son was born, we were living in New York City, and I decided that was not the place to raise him. So we moved up to Maine, and the first thing I noticed when when I was up in Maine was that New England did not have a good golf magazine. So I started one and published that and edited that magazine for a few years, the New England Journal of Golf. Uh, which was a blast. I mean, I've been involved in, you know, golf journalism and the golf world ever since. And I really enjoyed contributing to links, a lot of travel stories and some business stories and, and other things. And for those who don't know, David is one of the best people we have at coming up with new ideas and new things to talk about. He's really been a really good resource for me as I'm trying to figure out what the heck to write about or what to assign David. So he's been a tremendous help. And speaking of which, we're we're here to talk today about one of David's pieces that he just published for us uh, on linksmagazine.com and our Links Insider email newsletter. Obviously, it's it's an interesting time in the world of golf and, and just the world in general due to the, the pandemic going on. And uh, a lot of people are just kind of holed up in their houses. And so we figured we would uh, attempt to write up uh, what we call an at-home survival guide for golfers, essentially things you can do to entertain yourselves at home while you may not be able to go out and play on the course. And so I, I threw that idea at David and he kind of ran with it. David, where did you, when I when I said I wanted you to, to come up with this list, how did you uh, start formulating ideas and, and what got the wheels turning in your head? Well, it, it probably began with thinking back to all my winters in Maine, you know, which tend to be pretty long and uh, without golf. So, you know, what what's a golfer to do when you're stuck inside and there's three feet of snow or we're in a situation like this and we're stuck inside for other reasons? But, you know, you're you're a, you're a golf fanatic and you know want to uh, get involved with stay involved with golf at some level. So, you know, I, I just thought back to those days and, you know, the ideas came out, whether it's books, movies and the other things that we'll talk about. But um, golf is such a wonderful sport from a social standpoint. And, you know, here we are in a world where we're being asked to, you know, be antisocial in a way. So I think, you know, people really miss that connection not just to the sport, but also to their friends who they play with. So we need to have some kind of outlet. And, uh, you know, golf is is a positive thing uh, in a world that could use a few more of those. So that's that's sort of what I was thinking about as I was writing it. Let's uh, let's go to our, our list, our survival guide. And I kind of just wanted to have David maybe just walk through some or all of his ideas and and give you 
give the listeners, you know, something to ponder over, uh, a way to entertain yourself, and maybe these ideas stimulate other ideas that you may previously haven't thought of while you're twiddling your thumbs or or just looking for the next thing to do. So, David, do you want to you wanna just run down the list here and, and we can chat through a few of the things? I've, I've written down some notes based on your list. Does that work for you? You just want to start yeah. where, at the beginning? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, that that starts with, you know, the the video world and what's, you know, we're, we're fortunate that we have these huge archives of, you know, past golf events that are available uh, online to us. And the first one that I recommended to people was, uh, you know, the players championship had to be canceled in, in mid event, you know, after the first round, in fact. But Hideki Matsuyama had gone out and shot nine under par on that Thursday to take the lead at the players and a lot of people were probably working that day and you know weren't able to tune in and see what he had done you know which was just absolutely astounding on that golf course which is one of the most difficult you know in the world to go out and and shoot nine under par uh so you know that would be one of the more recent uh, video experiences that people could tune into but, you know, beyond that, there's, you know, we all have memories of championships, you know, that we may have enjoyed watching. And, you know, whether it's the 1986 Masters, you know, when, when Jack Nicklaus wore the yellow shirt and surprised everyone by getting his sixth uh, green jacket. Um, or, you know, the battle between Henrik Stenson and Phil Mickelson at Royal Troon and the Open Championship a few years ago. You know, all of that content is available online and so, you know, being able to revisit some of those moments from golf history is certainly one place to start, you know, and then there's a whole slew of other kinds of golf video content, obviously, that's out there, uh, including tutorials and including, you know, all kinds of uh, course reviews and, you know, that sort of thing. So, you know, we tend to be a, a, a video uh, focused um, society these days. So. You know, that's a that's an obvious kind of place to start, you know, and along with that goes uh, the golf, you know, the spectrum of golf movies. And there aren't a ton of great golf movies, you know, going back to uh, Glenn Ford and Follow the Sun, which was kind of the, you know, the Ben Hogan movie that came out in the early 1960s. You know, that was probably the first golf movie worth paying attention to. And it's and it still holds up pretty well. I mean, it's a little bit corny by today's standards, but but a good film. And then, of course, you've got, you know, more recent Gilmore. Everybody, loves. you know, I noted the other day that uh, Rory McIlroy had said that was his favorite golf movie, which surprised me a little bit. I thought Caddyshack was everybody's favorite golf movie. But maybe it depends on your on your generation. You know, there was a recent uh, film created over in the UK called Tommy's Honor, which was the story of young Tom Morris and, you know, what he went through in in his career. And, of course, you know, he was a, uh, you know, a, a bit of a phenom as a player. He was kind of the Sergio Garcia of his age, I suppose, or the Tiger Woods of his age would be more appropriate. And, you know, he it was kind of a tragic story because he died at a very young age. Uh, shortly, I think a year after his young wife had died in childbirth. So it's a bit of a sad story as well, but um, really well done. And, you know, and there are others. There's, you know, Golf in the Kingdom, the Shiva's Irons uh, fictional uh, movie that's fun and uh, the greatest game ever played. Um, 
you know, about the Francis We Met victory at Brookline in 1913. So lots of good golf movies. And, you know, one of the things I suggested was if you've got golf buddies in different parts of the country, um, you know, you can set up a WhatsApp group or a Google Hangout group and kind of watch it together and, you know, be texting each other back and forth as you're watching the film. And, you know, it's fun to see, you know, people be able to share that kind of experience virtually. Yeah, it's I've definitely picked back up on the, um, you know, FaceTiming friends and, and trying to figure out creative ways to interact with people when you physically can't go out and do that. A couple things I wanted to, to ask you on those first two things, two topics. What's your favorite golf movie? And I actually it may be a generational thing because I would say Happy Gilmore as well. I would agree with Rory there. Yeah, no, it would it would have to be Caddyshack for sure. You know, I grew up uh, when, you know, when I was in high school and college, you know, was when Bill Murray and Chevy Chase were, uh, you know, were on Saturday Night Live. And, you know, every weekend, you know, that wherever you were partying on Saturday night, that would be on. So to see those guys kind of translate into a golf movie was fun in and of itself. And then, you know, when you add in Rodney Dangerfield's character, who was just such an off the wall, over the top kind of buffoon you know and having seen it so many times you know that's that's another game that people play is you know kind of watching the movie and then stopping it and who knows what the next line is there's yeah. so many fa famous lines from that movie so that would be my number one gotcha yeah that's it's a classic um and the other thing i was going to say just to add on to the point about watching over past championships and 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 ways you can do that you've noticed you know that kind of spreads across the sports world espn airing old super bowls I, I watched with my dad i watched the 1982 national championship game with michael jordan and, and james worthy that carolina team the other day and uh, golf channel just recently broke the news that they'd be re-airing all of the big break episodes so they're bringing that show back a lot of the old nostalgic content that people you know may not go out and seek on their own but but if it's on tv you'll watch it it's been interesting to see the ways people are getting getting creative with that one of the things that i you know wish or or say that i'm going to do all the time and and even now i haven't done uh, nearly as much as is reading a golf book. I've been trying to pick it back up, and you talk about Tom Coyne's A Course Called Ireland. That's one of the books I have right now that I will pick up and put down over and over again. But you listed a ton, but are, what are, are you reading a particular golf book right now that's really capturing your attention? Um, I don't have a golf book now. Um, I've ordered Mark uh, Canizaro's new book, Seven Days in Augusta, behind the scenes at the masters but i haven't gotten it yet i think amazon has slowed down their book shipping in order to focus on on other things right now but i'm looking forward to reading that mark's a you know very talented writer and um you know there there there's so many behind the scenes um points of interest when it comes to a big tournament you know like the masters so i'm looking forward to getting that but at the moment i i, I don't have a, a a golf book that i'm reading well, you listed several good ones. The other book I, that I just picked up, too, um, that my dad wanted me to read is called Range Bucket List by James Dodson. He actually makes mention of 
a few times of our editor here at links, George Pepper in that book. Um, but he's from Greensboro and, and my dad thought that was a good connection point. Cause we, we would always used to go to the old GGO together and he writes about that a ton. So yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm going to dive in. I'll report back to you once I have chance to, or, or make the effort to, to amp up my reading. I certainly have some time to do that now. I was just going to say I would highly recommend any any of the books uh, by James Dodson. You know, he used to be uh, one of the editors at Golf Magazine uh, back when George was there. And, you know, has always been focused, you know, not so much on the, the professional game, although, he you know, he did co-write Arnold Palmer's autobiography and wrote books on uh, – Sneed, Hogan, and Nelson, but he really likes focusing on on the people side of the game, um, and you know the the emotion that comes from, you know, he you wrote a book called The Dew Sweepers, for example, that was all about these guys who are always the first ones off the tee every weekend morning at what was his then home club up in Maine, and you know he just he brings the game to life through the people in uh, in, a, in a really wonderful way. Our next thing that you you mentioned was tuning into a golf podcast. This would be a good place to start. I'm assuming you're already doing that if you're listening to me talk right now. And what what do you have another podcast you like right now? Yeah, there there are there are several of them, kind of on on the spectrum from reverent to irreverent. I love listening to Anne Liguori's podcast that are on her website called Interviews. Uh, Anne is a is a New York based golf journalist who does a, a weekly show on WFAN, I believe, up in New York. But all of her all of her podcasts and interviews are housed on her website, and most of them are golf. But there are some that aren't. You know, she interviews uh, people from other parts of the sports realm as well. So that's a real good one. Matt Adams has his Fairways of Life daily golf talk show. And Matt always has, you know, wonderful people, you know, from the world of golf that he's interviewing. He's incredibly knowledgeable, you know, and, and he's uh, he's a New Englander uh, that I know. So love listening to to what he has to say. And then, you know, getting to the more uh, irreverent side of the spectrum, David Faraday has a podcast. And, you know, you can imagine what those are like. You know, David, again, is a, is a really insightful guy, but uh, fun to listen to. And then on... Uh, on the furthest furthest end out is the foreplay podcast from Barstool Sports, um, you know, which probably appeal, appeals to a younger uh, audience. But, you know, those guys really know the sport, uh, have grown up with it, um, you know, are kind of looking at it through a different lens. And it's a it's a fun lens to look through. Yeah. Several of those I listen to, several of those I don't. So I'm going to have to add to my list. I want to to skip down. There's you have a section of your piece now um, where you're talking about video games and computer games. Uh, Golf Resort Tycoon Two. I've never played that game, um, but I was I was interested to see that on your list. So, you what you're saying is on this game you can design, build, and manage your own golf course and play it. Have you uh, have you designed your own golf course? And if so, what is the name of that course? <laughs> I have actually designed several online golf courses through the years using various different programs that have been out. Uh, there used to be one called Mean 18 that was uh, a Jack Nicholas branded product that was a lot of fun. My, my favorite course was Cousins Island Golf Club 
because it involved an island green that was uh, just off the coast, and you would you would get out to the green via a lobster boat after you'd hit your tee shot. So that was my favorite one. But yeah, the the uh, golf resort tycoon program is you know it's a lot like The Sims in a sense that you're you're building a you know a golf resort that includes hotels and swimming pools and but of course the golf course is the major the major part of it and you go in there and you you know you design every hole what part do you want it to be what shape do you want the greens to be elevations and then you know when you're done with all that you get to go play it uh, which is which is pretty cool it's a it, it takes a while to build it up and of course as with uh, the sims you know the better a job you do the more successful your resort is. So you're always trying to figure out what people are looking for and, you know, tweaking it as you go along. But it's it's a lot of fun to, you know, create your own imaginary golf resort. Yeah, that's so funny. I, I feel like that's one I need to, to check out at some point. I've, I've had the chance to play many uh, a course on the uh, the old Tiger Woods PGA Tour games. Um, that has sucked up a good amount of my life, um, especially in my college days, I'd say. And then you talk about indoor simulators, and those are certainly growing in popularity as well. That's a good way to actually physically play a course. You can get creative with that. I was talking in-house with our, our group here about, you know, if you have a simulator you know, hit your shot, but then you can either walk around your house a couple of laps to simulate your, your tee to fairway scenario, or if you have a yeah. treadmill, you can walk on that for a minute or so. Right. Um, just to, just to feel like you're, you're doing more than just swinging the club, but yeah, definitely. You know, the, the, the simulator technology has come along so far from, from the early days and the you know the pricing has dropped on it considerably too i mean you can still go out and spend 50 grand on you know the most high-end system you know assuming you have room for that in your home or your your garage or wherever but there are much much less expensive uh, systems also that um you know if you have room to swing a club somewhere in your house you know for five grand or less uh you can you know you can have that and um it's a, it's a lot of fun when the weather's bad or when we're stuck indoors because of global pandemics. Um, you can you can still be swinging and playing virtual golf. And if you don't have room to swing, um, you can go down to another point that you made a, and create your own indoor mini golf course or, or potentially you've seen a lot of, of viral videos, I'm sure, out there um, of people who start at the top of their whatever story at their house and, and set up books and dominoes and, and different ways for, for balls to bounce around their house and eventually get down to the very end of this long trail um, and have a ball go into a cup. I've seen a lot of those recently floating around. Have you ever set anything up in your house like that? Or, or what do you, uh, how would you set up your indoor putting course? Yeah, you know, I've never done anything that elaborate, and I always wondered, you know, how do these people have the time to do that? It's got to uh, take forever. <laughs> yeah, but obviously a lot of people right now uh, have that time uh, stuck in their home, even if they're working from home. But no, you know, I, I, I never set up that kind of Rube Goldberg uh, contraption all through my home, but we did used to set up miniature golf courses through the house when my kids were younger. 
and that was always fun, particularly if, you know, if our dog decided to get involved, the dog became kind of this moving hazard that we had to deal with, um, <laughs> as, you know, as we were playing. But, um, you know, that's a lot of fun. And that's something that, you know, that anybody can do, you know, like you said, just, you know, set up some some books around the, the you know, periphery of the holes or, you know, have dog leg rights from the living room into the kitchen or, you know, whatever it might be. And, um, you know, it's it's a fun way to it's a fun way to get together as a family or as friends and just be able to do something like that. And um, I guess if you want to work on your your putting as well, I, I know I've broken out the uh, gone back into the depths of my closet and broken out my putting arc yeah. to get get my uh, my putting alignment fixed. That's been a, a sore subject in my golf game uh, when I have been able to get out. Um, so in my free time, I can hop on that and hopefully find something right if not i've uh, i've also had the chance to um another one of your points is you know using this time that you have in your own home you may not be able to go out to a gym but there's there's plenty of good um instructional videos for fitness online and a lot of apps i've seen have have started giving away these these videos for free or at least doing trials that Peloton is one I use, um, and their app has a 90-day free trial right now. So three months worth of free fitness instruction. I really got no excuse not to use it, right? Right. There's a lot of good content out there. The Golf Channel has a bunch. The the Titleist Performance uh, Institute website um, has a lot of good golf fitness uh, content that's available for free also. So yeah, if we, uh, you know, if we don't return to golf season, you know, in, in better shape and with better putting games, it's probably because of laziness more than anything else. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll hit a couple more of your points and then I want to see if you may have thought of anything that you've done or added to this list. But, um, one would be planning your next golf trip. And I know that it's kind of uncertain at this point, but people don't realize how long it actually takes when you want to sit down and plan your next buddy's trip or, or what have you, or if you're thinking about buying a property in a golf community, it's not something that happens overnight. So this is a perfect time to do a lot of research on that kind of stuff. How in your experience in, in planning a golf trip or, or something along that lines, do you remember what that process looked like, how long it took you before um, you were hopping on a plane somewhere to go play golf? Yeah. So, you know, I, I recently wrote a piece for links on golf in the northwest of Ireland. And I was over there in, in June of 20, uh, 2019 working on that story. And so, you know, I, I probably spent six months planning that trip in terms of just doing research and, you know, lining up the various courses and hotels. And, you know, I had help from the guys at the North and West Coast Lynx group over there. Um, they're, they're tremendously helpful. But, uh, you know, I think planning the trip oftentimes is almost as much fun as going on the trip. You know, the anticipation, you know, is, is I would look, for example, at the, the website for Ballyliffin Golf Club. Um, and, you know, they have flyovers of all 18 uh, holes on both of their courses. So, you know, you're, you're, you're starting to get the feeling of how would I play this hole or that hole looks really challenging or I can't wait to you know, stand on that spot and take on that par three, you know, those kind of things. And, you know, looking at routing your trip, you know, where are you going to fly into? 
where are you going to go from there? You know, what's the order of the courses that you want to play based on, you know, what's going to be most efficient from a travel standpoint? And then where are you going to stay? You know, what are the hotels in the area? You know, what are they like? Where's the nightlife? Uh, is there a restaurant you might want to check out when you're in Letterkenny, Ireland, uh, or someplace else? And, you know, it, it, it's really a lot of fun to, to, you know, look at your options, figure out what you want to do. And then, you know, if you're if you're booking it yourself, you know, you're two steps ahead of the game. If you're using a tour operator, you know, you're giving them uh, some good information to start with. And chances are they'll, you know, they may have some other thoughts. And, and there may be things you didn't even think of, like, oh, you're not going to be able to get on such and such a course on Saturday morning because that's when the members have their monthly medal that week. And so, you know, they, they can be helpful in that regard, too. But, you know, I, I love looking at uh, different golf clubs and golf courses websites and particularly the ones, you know, that the older courses in the, in the U.S. or the U.K. where they've got, uh, you know, a history section for their website where they're talking about who designed the course, you know, whether it was Donald Ross or old Tom Morris or David McClay Kidd or whoever it is. You know, they'll often have content that, that deals with how the course was, you know, created in the first place um, or championships that have been played on the course. It's, you know, it's fun to read about those kind of things and, uh, you know, see how they present themselves. So even if you're, you don't know when your next opportunity will be, you can use this time to become that much closer when you actually get to pull the trigger on your next golf trip. And then the other two things I wanted that were kind of unique on your list, one maybe, you know, not unique, but not something that I thought was, uh, you, you call it not hard, but re-gripping your golf clubs. Um, have you done that? And what's, what's that process like? Yes. Yeah, I have. It's, it's not difficult at all. You just need a few tools and, you know, some of the right solvents and, um, you know, and, and new grips. So it's pretty much as simple as, you know, slice the old ones off. You know, if you're going to add some new tape, you know, between the, the grip and the shaft, you know, you would do that. You put some solvent on there. Uh, you slide the new grip on and then you give it, you know, a little bit of time to wait. Not difficult at all. And, you know, when, you know, if people do it probably too infrequently. And but, you know, when you've got a new grip on a, on a club, suddenly it feels like a different club. You know, it, it feels like a new club. So I, I highly recommend that. It's, it's not difficult to do at all. Uh, instructions can be found online. Yeah. So that's a that's a good thing to do equipment wise. That's what I was thinking. I'd, I'd probably go to YouTube and find a video um, to make sure um, I did that right. Because I, I imagine you don't want to do it wrong because you don't want to have to do it over again. Yeah, um, exactly. Another interesting thing, and I'll ask you too as well if you know how to do this. You said your last point was crocheting a new head cover for your driver. <laughs> Are you a crocheter? No. no. Is I'm that not. even the right word? Yeah, I don't know. No, my, my wife mentioned that one to me, and I said, you got to be kidding. You know, there's no such thing as online instructions for crocheting a head cover that looks like, you know, a lion or a bear. But there should uh, be. And, and sure enough, there there is. Uh, <laughs> she showed them to me. So, no, I'm not a crocheter, but, you know, maybe there's some, some ladies or gentlemen out there who... Uh, who like doing things with their hands and, you know, would like to create their own custom head cover. 
and, and if there are, those resources are available online, and, and I, I wish them well. Uh, maybe I'll buy one from one of them someday, but I won't be doing it myself. Yeah, that would be an interesting talent to come away from all this with. You know, I spent time learning how to crochet. It seems like, you know, a, going in a time machine and coming out um, in a completely different generation than you may have been in before. Yeah. With right. crocheting ability. But, uh, yeah. So I, I'll, uh, I'll rattle off a few more things that I thought about. If you thought of anything, I'll let you say those after my my list here. But a couple of unique things that I've seen or things that I've thought about, you know, on the lines of regripping your clubs, uh, taking the time to, you know, evaluate your inventory, your golf inventory. If you haven't cleaned your golf shoes in a while, perfect time to do that. Clean your clubs, get those grooves nice and sharp. A lot of people don't clean out their golf bags often enough. Uh, and I'll be interesting to hear from people if you if you end up cleaning your golf bag, what you end up finding in your golf bag may surprise you. I remember some LPGA players used to tell me they'd go through their golf bags and they they're ones to always have kind of snacks on the course for when they're playing uh, these long rounds. And so they find old sandwiches and all this old disgusting food in the depths of their golf bag. Who knows what you'll find in there? Just be careful when you're going through it. Maybe I've seen a lot of people doing trick shots now, too, along that same lines of the indoor putting course. If you haven't learned how to juggle a golf ball, now's perfect time. As long as you don't live in an apartment and the person below you will come up and rip your head off for bouncing a golf ball on the floor all day long. That's something you could do. We did a piece on linksmagazine.com as well about the golf life list and i don't know if you have one of these david but the idea is basically you catalog all of the courses you've ever played either in an excel document maybe you handwrite it if you're if you're more into that but it's a way to go through down memory lane figure out how many courses you've played and and dig up ones that you haven't thought about in a while so now's perfect time to do that maybe if you're a real you know golf aficionado or or nerd of the game you can spend some time learning the the rules of golf and making sure you're in check with that or or even just the the recent handicap changes that came in um earlier this year if you're if you're into uh trying to figure out what you can do and not and not do on the golf course now's the perfect time to do that and and maybe you can check your friends on on certain rules be that guy when you're on the course although i don't know how many people like that guy um, and then the the one uh, I thought was really interesting that I've seen now kind of bubble up and other people start to do, a guy named Dylan Deethier that works for golf.com designed his own golf hole in his backyard using just household items. So I think he had like a yogurt cup and he, a broomstick and he cut a hole in the cup and used a, a hand tool to cut out a perfect circle put the broomstick in the cup, taped on his own flag and, and made his own golf hole in his backyard that he could go chip and, and pretend like he's out on the course. And then I've seen other people mimic that and, and duplicate it. And I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. So, all right, David, did you think of anything else that wasn't previously on uh, the list that's on our website now? Things that you've been able to occupy your time with? Well, the one other thing that's you know, I, I think worth looking at if you're if you're in the market for new clubs, you know, for the season that's that's fast coming to the northeast, you know, we hope. You know, now is a good time to do some research into that. You know, whether it's wedges, you know, maybe you need to replace your wedges because the grooves are getting worn out a little bit, or you know, maybe you're in the market for a new driver. 
you know, there's a ton of, you know, co- uh, club reviews online. It seems like, you know, everybody who has, uh, who has a, a computer and a mouse is doing club reviews. But there are a lot of sites that do it well, you know, where they really approach it scientifically and have a range of testers, you know, of different abilities and try to quantify the results that they're getting. So if you're in, you know, if you are in the market for new clubs, you know, you can use some of this time to, to, to investigate and maybe narrow down the ones that you're going to want to, you know, go try to hit at the next demo day or, you know, certainly, uh, you know, when, when golf stores reopen, um, if you want to go in and get on TrackMan and, you know, try out three or four drivers, you know, doing some research now would be a good idea. Perfect. Well, hopefully, you know, We've given a few ideas that people can implement into their daily routine, break the mold, find something new that you hadn't previously thought of. And we hope that you don't have to try to keep thinking of things to entertain yourselves, but that we've given you a good list to try that. Um, Certainly do appreciate you, David, for joining me and talking through your list. Uh, Again, you can go to linksmagazine.com. His piece is called... Uh, an at-home survival guide for golfers. So check that out. David, thanks again. I look forward to having you on again in the near future as a recurring guest uh, now that you've joined me for the first time. And take care. Keep keep trying to figure out new ways to incorporate golf into your into your life. Exactly. Well, it was my pleasure, Al. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I wish everyone out there well. As do I. You guys take care and, and stay safe. And we'll talk to you again next time.